ओम नमो भगवते भासुदेवा ओम नमो भगवते भासुदेवा ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवा We're reading from the first canto, chapter 11, text 15. Krishna entering Dwarka. This will be a short class because I have to give another class after this. Not that I have to. I get to. Dvari dvari grihanam cha Dadyakshata palekshubihi Alankritam purna kumbhaya Balibir dupadipakai Dvari dvari grihanam cha Dvari grihanamcha Dadyakshata Paleshubihi Paleshubihi Alankritam Purna Kumbhar Balibir Dupadipakai Dvari Dvari Grihanamcha Adyakshata palekshubihi Alankritam purna kumbhar Balibir dupadipakai Want to chant, anybody? Dvari dvari grihanam cha Hanyakshata palekshubihi Alankritam purna kumbhar Halibir dhupadipakai Grihanam cha Dadyakshata palekshubihi Alankritam Purna Kumbhar Alibhadi Pakai Dwari Dwari Grihanang Cha Dadyakshata Paleshubihi Alankritam Purna Kumbhar Word meanings. Dwari Dwari. The door of each and every house. Grihanam. Of all the residential buildings. Cha. And. 
Dadhi, curd, akshata, unbroken, phala, fruit, ikshubihi, sugarcane, alankritam, decorated, purna kumbai, full water pots, Balibihi, along with articles for worship. Dupa, incense. Deepakai, with lamps and candles. In each and every door of the residential houses, auspicious things like curd, unbroken fruits, sugarcane and full water pots, and articles for worship, incense and candles, were all displayed. Please repeat. In each and every door of the residential houses, auspicious things like curd, unbroken fruits, sugarcane, and full water pots, and articles for worship, incense and candles, were all displayed. Hmm. 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 I've never seen curd splattered in front of somebody's house. Usually, that's something you would clean up, right? We, at least here in in our culture, the process purport the process of reception according to Vedic rites, is not at all dry. The reception was made not simply by decorating the roads and streets, as above mentioned. You mentioned the scented water. I was thinking this morning, I don't know why, I think when I got up, or last night I was thinking, I was envisioning a truck, this big truck shooting water out. You know, I, I think they do that when they construct roads, and they have to get big water trucks and Every day, every morning at, you know, 5 a.m., scented water on all the roads of Dallas. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? And every, the whole city will smell like rose petals. Wow. And that would have a very pleasing effect on everyone's mind and calm everyone down. If you can't get them all to chant Hare Krishna, at least you can water the roads with rose petals. Next best thing, right? Um, so we'll read that again. The reception was made not simply by decorating the roads and streets, as above mentioned, but by worshiping the Lord with requisite ingredients like incense, lamps, flowers, sweets, fruits, and other palatable edibles according to one's capacity. All were offered to the Lord, and the remnants of the foodstuff were distributed amongst the gathering citizens. So, it was not like a dry reception of these modern days. Each and every house was ready to receive the Lord in a similar way. And thus, each and every house on the roads and streets distributed such remnants of food to the citizens, and therefore, the festival was successful. Without distribution of food, no function is complete. 
And that is the way of Vedic culture. I think there's another purport where Prabhupada said, no, function is successful. And recently I read a response letter the devotees were describing, either Rathyatra or some festival, where kirtan and prasadam distribution were going on. Prabhupada said, by this kirtan and prasadam distribution, the whole world could go back to Godhead. And there's a purport in the Chaitanya Charitamrita where Prabhupada said they could go back to Godhead without even knowing like what happened. What happened? How did I get here? You know, like they're not thank you. They're not um, practicing they're not practicing bhakti. But because they're taking prasadam, chanting the holy name, they could go back to Godhead. That's amazing. So um you know, in other ages, there were different processes. And one process was elaborate sacrifices. And of course, the sacrifice in this age is Sankirtan. But it's also the distribution of prasadam. And in El Paso, Chitsugananda, Chitsugananda was there. Chitsukananda. Eternity, happiness, the the bliss of being eternal, the happiness of being blissful and eternal. No, the happiness of being knowledgeable and blissful. Something like that. I always say that if we had to say our names in English, it would, it would sound funny, but in Sanskrit it works perfectly, right? Doesn't it? What's your name? Uh, my name is Circle. Chakri. Oh, so Chakri works. Circle may not work. Or um, some names work, like faith. Faith works. Anyway, my name is uh, tied to a, a rope, a rope around my waist. That's my name, Damodar. A rope tied to my waist. That's my name. Um, so Chitsugananda told me that Prabhupada said when he went to Mexico. Make sure whatever you do, you distribute prasadam. In Mexico, that's the most important thing is prasadam. Isn't that interesting? He said, you know, whatever you do, yes, good. Harinam, everything. But make sure you distribute prasadam. So, uh, we don't want to underestimate the power of prasadam. So, uh, the, the Prabhupada is, you know, he's explaining here the system, the system of, of purification of society, and especially the the yagya, the yagya, of course, the holy name yagya. But the yagya we want to do is is a yagya of holy name and prasadam together. And in San Diego, we used to have a every Govardhan puja, Govardhan puja. We had a festival in the park because the names of the deities there were Radha Giridhari. <clears throat> and so the name of the temple was New Gobardhan, which is also the name of the farm in, in um, can't pronounce it, in Australia, Murwambala, Murwambala, something like that. It's also the name. So anyway, so we would do these Gobardhan festivals. And tell Prabhupada what we're doing. And he said, 
kirtan prasadam and speaking no more than 10 minutes. And then Prabhupada said, because who's interested in this dry philosophy? So, you know, he was joking, but also, I think Prabhupada was comparing, look at, you have kirtan and prasadam, that is, that is rich, it's, it's juicy, who wants to hear some dry philosophy? This is, you know, this is the festival, kirtan and, so, um, in those days, our, our festivals, whether it be Ratyatra or others, when we got to the end of the parade, we just did kirtan for six hours straight. I don't even think the kirtan stopped. We just the kirtan on stage, it just went. That was the festival. Just none. There was no entertainment. It was just kirtan and prasadam for everybody. That's what it was. And Prabhupada said, Wherever you have Rathiatra, that is the success of our movement. Because there's Kirtan and Prasadam, and of course, Jagannath is there. So he stressed that very much. So that's, that's an important feature of our movement. And then Prabhupada said, many times he, he told the devotees, he said, actually, I, I tricked you to become devotees. And I think we all, at least when I joined, I don't know if this was your experience, you know, after I joined, I was in the temple for a few weeks. I realized I didn't realize what I was getting into. Like the, the this was more serious than I thought. I thought this was just a way not to ha- get a job and drop out of university, just go on the street and have fun. And then they started talking about surrender and pure devotional service. I'm like, oh, I got tricked. I mean, I didn't really feel like I got tricked. But Prabhupada said, "I tricked you with prasadam." I allured you, I reeled you in with prasadam. Of course, some devotees were very philosophical. They would have come anyway. But Prabhupada said, none of you would have come. That's what he said. Without prasadam, you wouldn't have come. So, what is prasadam? Prasadam is food which Krishna's saliva has touched. It's saturated with Krishna's saliva. It is transcendental. And we become purified by taking it. And for us as devotees, prasadam is interesting because we all know that prasadam is very enjoyable, especially if it's well made. Have you ever been taking prasadam that's really good and you're thinking, I'm not supposed to enjoy this, but I don't know how to do that. This is delicious and I'm starving. Ever had that experience? You're not the enjoyer, Prabhu. Don't enjoy it. It's not exactly like that. The idea is that it's not, it's not a fault to enjoy something that Krishna has enjoyed because he's the supreme enjoyer. So once he's enjoyed it, then it's like, okay. I mean, as long as you don't think you're the supreme enjoyer also. But you're taking it as Krishna's prasadam. So he's the supreme enjoyer. He enjoys it first. So once he enjoys it, it's okay. Now you can enjoy it. It's okay. But it doesn't work the other way around. So if I want to enjoy it and it's not offered, that is sense gratification. It's for me. I I become the point, the center point of everything. But once you give it to Krishna, it's prasadam. So Prabhupada would say, now enjoy it. It's okay to enjoy it because it's Krishna. And it's a different kind of enjoyment because he's already enjoyed it. Right? It's like you, you put on a birthday party, right? And 
you're the parents and you, you do everything and then after you, the kids eat the cake and everything, then you eat the cake, right? Because they've all enjoyed it. You're not going to eat it before and then there's no cake for the kids. So they've, everybody's happy, everyone's enjoying. Then you take, you eat and you enjoy. Because you can enjoy because they enjoyed. And you can enjoy um, that they, they, they enjoyed. So that's why sometimes if you'll taste a little maha and like they put sugar instead of salt or salt instead of sugar, it disturbs us not because it tastes bad, it disturbs us because Krishna had to eat that. And if we taste some maha prasad and it's delicious, it makes us happy because we think, wow, this is really nice. Krishna really enjoyed this. This is, this is the way it should be made. So we're happy because Krishna's happy. And we're upset because he may be upset. And then, so we're taking the prasadam and we're eating it, and it's delicious, we're enjoying it, but we're also enjoying because we know Krishna must have enjoyed it. Right? So as long as, as long as Krishna's the enjoyer, you're okay. And as long as you, and if you put yourself in his shoes, you're in deep trouble. And, uh, we've been in deep trouble for a long time, so. We've got to end the cycle of um, putting ourselves in the center. So, there are some uh, stories, actually many stories, of hearts being changed by prasadam, people who were against Krishna consciousness. And when they took prasadam, they became favorable. People who, who uh, some, some people even were I, very much against our movement, actively against it, and unknowingly they took prasadam. They didn't realize it was Hare Krishna's they were eating, taking pakoras from, and when they realized it, their mentality completely changed. They said, oh, uh, uh, I'm, I'm your enemy, but this is really good. I like it. This is my personal experience. That happened with one man. And he didn't realize we were devotees, and after he took the prasadam, he looked up and he said, are you Hare Krishna's? And he was, he was very friendly. He said, you know, I used to be your big enemy at the airport. He said, but these Bakors, I love them. So he, his heart changed. And there was a story and there was one Bhaktivedanta Institute conference and you know, scientists and you know, they, many of them are, they're not so happy with religious people and they don't, a lot of them don't think that there's a place for any kind of synthesis between religion and science. They just think it's two separate things. You know, one is, one is factual and one is faith. That's, that many think like that. So the story, as I was told, was it wasn't going that well. There was a lot of antagonism and, and so forth. And then they took prasadam. And after prasadam, it completely changed. I like you guys. Yeah, your philosophy is nice. You know. Everything changed. <laughs> so... Now here Prabhupada's saying, no sacrifice, or what did he say? No function is complete uh, without prasadam. So uh, whatever we do, prasadam. And um, we used to, it's not always easy to do, we used to have cookies or something we could give out on book distribution. That, you know, that's, you know, we meet hundreds of people times five devotees, you know, or ten devotees, that's a lot. Um, but then uh, there was a time when we were offering, like around Christmas, we were offering sugar canes, can- candy canes, to the deities, and then we would give them to people and say, 
here you go, here's your candy cane. You just to stop them and give them a book or ask for a donation. And Prabhupada liked that. Because because even though it's just sugar and flavoring and some dye, he liked it because it was prasadam. And he said, oh, that's nice. You're giving a gift, that's part of the, the philosophy, give gifts, and everybody gets prasadam. So, or we used to do lollipops. You know. Even though it's just sugar, Prabhupada said, you can offer to Didi, it's just sugar and flavor, and some food coloring, and 4,800 other chemicals they put in. Um, no, I don't think it's that bad. But he said we could offer it. And so you could say we were doing mass prasadam distribution on Sankirtan. Excuse me, sir. Lollipop. I think it's Prabhupada had this vision that every home would be a temple. Prabhupada, because he was seeing Krishna everywhere, he was also seeing Krishna in everybody's home. It's just like everything Prabhupada saw, it just like turned into Krishna. You know? um, how it could be used for Krishna. He'd see some building, go, tell the government to give us that building. You know, when he went to Chicago, there was there was a lot of discussion in Chicago about drug abuse. And Prabhupada spoke to the police commissioner or some official and said, there's a building, used to be a government building, they abandoned, they built a new building. He said, give it to us. We'll cure all your drug, you know, all this drug problem, we'll cure it all. So he was always, he was always seeing how Krishna could go everywhere. So here in Dwarka, Every house they're worshiping. All these describe all these items for worship. Everyone is worshiping Krishna. So one time, just to show you how Prabhupada was, would see Krishna everywhere, everything would remind him of Krishna. But one time, we were on a walk, and on the way back to the temple, about two blocks from the temple, there was a trophy shop. Prabhupada saw the trophy shop. I think he asked, what is this? And they explained, they make these trophies. I'm not sure what metals they use. It looks like brass, but it may be some, something else or some plating or something. So Prabhupada saw that and he said, uh, inquire if they can make Radha Krishna deities. You know, so it's just like every, everywhere Prabhupada looked, it was like how this can be Krishna consciousness. So how, how we can make every home a temple. How we can make every person a devotee. And many devotees said, which was, was quite interesting, he said, when uh, we noticed, we've heard, and we've also seen, that when an interviewer would come to interview Prabhupada, normally, if you are cued into public relations, you kind of have your stock answers, which, which are like your best answers. You know, this will be the best thing to go in the newspaper. So where did the movement come from? You got you've memorized your stock answer. You know what is your mission? You've got your stock answer, etc. And Prabhupada was not like that. And many many devotees said when the reporter was asking the question, Prabhupada was not answering the question for the newspaper. 
he was answering it for that jiva soul as to what would be beneficial for that jiva soul. So he was actually speaking to that person. So he, he would give answers and we'd think, why did Prabhupada say that? Doesn't he know this is like going in a newspaper? And he's actually talking to that person. You know? Why do like why are young people taking to Krishna consciousness? Why don't you take to Krishna consciousness? That would be his answer. <laughs> so, uh, you know, planting Krishna everywhere, every opportunity. That was that was Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. Jai Prabhupada. So here Prabhupada in this purport uses the word auspicious. I never used that word before I was a devotee. And when I became a devotee, everybody was saying, do this, it's auspicious. Don't do that, it's inauspicious. You have that experience, Nico, with that word auspicious? Yeah, it's like, what does that mean? Two words I never heard, humble and auspicious. Shows you where I was coming from. Humble, what's that? So, of course, non-devotees, people in general, not non-devotees, people who don't yet realize they're devotees, people in general, will sometimes use the word auspicious in the material sense. We use the word auspicious in the spiritual sense. So, What does auspicious mean for us? It means it's conducive, something which is conducive to spiritual advancement. We want to do things which are auspicious. If something is inauspicious, it's not, to put it basically, it's not kosher for us. It's not, it's, it's going to hinder, in some way it will hinder us. It's not favorable for bhakti. If it's auspicious, it's favorable. So, if your life is, if you make your life auspicious, then you're creating favorable environment for your spiritual life. So, you know, what is auspicious? Reading Bhagavatam is auspicious. Being in the temple is auspicious. Offering all your food to the deities is auspicious. Going to the Holy Name Festival in Alachua on Thanksgiving weekend is auspicious. And staying up late is inauspicious. And reading the news as soon as you get up is inauspicious. Like that. So, if we look at the lives of most people, it's pretty inauspicious. We wonder, why do, why do people have such a hard time taking to spiritual life? Well, look at their life, right? But in, in a culture where their lives are more auspicious, they take to Krishna consciousness, it's just easier for them because they're already, it's already a favorable environment. So, these, these stories here that we're reading, the story in this chapter, we keep reading about all these Auspicious things, even though they're auspicious things like a mango leaf. Like, like, does that make a difference? Mango leaves, you know, just it does. It's auspicious. In Mayapur, in the seventies, Prabhupada asked that there be Shania music played. Shania is like the, I don't know, the forerunner of the clarinet, like a small high clarinet. Mm, sounds like that. Mm, 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 mm. Not exactly like that, but something. And so, um, in Mayapur, they had two Shania players 
or one harmonium, one shanaya, and one tabla player. And during japa, they would there was a place on the entrance way. You could go on the entrance gate, and they would I believe they would sit there and they would play. And Prabhupada said, this is auspicious. It creates an auspicious environment, this kind of... So we have it played during japa. Can you believe that? And some devotee, can I play Beethoven during japa? I don't know if that's auspicious, but Prabhupada said, this was auspicious. So normally we say, don't listen to music when you're chanting japa, but Prabhupada had us play this. And back in those days, we got the recording and we would often put that recording on during japa. And so you'd have this... In the background, did you ever, Vishnu Priya? Did you ever play that in your, your time? Sometimes you'd hear that. Yeah, and I think someone might have made a tape, Prabhupada chanting with Shanai music. Maybe it exists somewhere. So, um, Prabhupada was going to meet Indira Gandhi. And he was going to meet her. Uh, the appointment was scheduled for Thursday afternoon. And Prabhupada said, I will not meet her on Thursday afternoon because Thursday afternoon is inauspicious time to start anything. So even he had an appointment with the prime minister, he canceled it because it was inauspicious time to go. Isn't that interesting? Did you know that? Yeah. So, you know, there... We're learning in this part of the Bhagavatam, we're learning a little bit about creating an auspicious environment in our home, like keeping your home clean and according to, like Vastu or Feng Shui, the entranceway should be beautiful. It shouldn't be dirty, there should be flowers and pots, decoration. Otherwise, it's inauspicious or it attracts inauspicious energy. Your house, if it can be facing east, that's auspicious. Of, of course, it just means like the breezes are favorable. You know, it's coming from the right direction. So, you know, you want to go this way, the breeze is, you know, pushing you that way. So it, it just makes it easier. Of course, chanting is the most auspicious for sure. But these other things can help. When your home is clean, when there's nice flowers, plants inside your house, running water, all this. It can help. Nice fragrance. You ever smelled a really fragrant flower, like intoxicatingly fragrant? Like in South Africa you have. These intoxicating, you're six feet away from the bush and, you know, it's like, it's just like, wow. It totally alters your mind. Doesn't it? And then when I smell these flowers, I think, I think, I wonder what Krishna's body smells like because I'm getting intoxicated by this flower and I know his body smells better. (laughs) But anyway, you know, the sights, what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what we're smelling, it can be auspicious or it can be inauspicious. And then if it's inauspicious, then it's like we're practicing bhakti going uphill. Isn't it? So we we try as far as possible to surround... uh, our lives, our rooms, everything. It's a nice environment that's conducive to bhakti. Not too cluttered, not black walls, not bright yellow walls. One time, uh, in the old days of ISKCON, they'd they'd, uh, paint the temples in wild colors. 
you know, bright pink and purple and yellow, you know. Like co- temples look like the Cosmic Cafe. Yeah. And Prabhupada uh, was sent a letter by a devotee, temple president, he said, we're decorating the temple. And Prabhupada said, decorate it soberly. That was his, you know, like, I don't think Prabhupada felt that hippie psychedelic stuff was that auspicious. Decorate it soberly. So, anyway, I have to go now because I have um, another class. I'm Zooming another class. Or if you want to come, it's on Facebook. H.G. Mahatmadas. You can check it out. It starts at 8.30. Hare Krishna to all of you. I'm leaving today. Nice being here. Hope to see you all in Alachua for the festival of the holy name. Sri Prabhupada ki jai go premanandi hari hari bol.